liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows just don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. Got another special guest today. It is actually a duo that is working on a documentary called Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty. Given that my show is called Liberty Lockdown, I felt like this was a perfect fit for them. Uh, Alan and John are pseudonyms for them, but welcome aboard, guys. Thanks. Glad to be here, Clint. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Clint. Um, so, so either of you, please... Uh, just give a, a little bit of background on the on the project so that we can hop into it. Sure. So uh, a couple of months ago, we um, were listening to, or I was listening to Tom Woods uh, talk about the data, had spent a lot of time listening to him talk about that stuff. And um, he had a guest on who had done charts, uh, basically showing that the lockdowns and mask mandates did nothing. Um, and he said gosh, I wish somebody would make a high quality documentary about this stuff. And I thought, yeah, that would be so great. I'd love to be able to show that to people. And then I kind of, I was shaving at the time and I kind of looked up in the mirror and I was like, shit, maybe I should be doing it. And uh, <laughs> I called my, my compadres and said, Hey guys, I, I don't know if I'm serious about this, but what do you think? And we kind of hashed it out for probably a couple of weeks before we said, okay, this has to be done and we have the skills and resources to do it. So let's figure out how to do it. And um, so ba basically the, the goal of it is to explore the real data, to look carefully at all of the stuff that's been kind of suppressed from the mainstream narrative and bring it out into the light. Um, and to uh, kind of the overall goal ultimately is to awaken the inner dissident of, of people around the world and get them to question uh, these edicts that have come from the mouths of people that claim to be experts um, and, and start to, to think for themselves and, and ultimately to prevent this kind of thing from happening again. Well, that's tremendous. That's exactly what we need. Uh, just out of curiosity, what kind of budget are you guys working with? Well, we're, it, it has uh, inflated somewhat. We're looking to do a full docu-series at this point. We're going to go beyond a, you know, basically we're going to do two. We realized it was, it was going to require at least two feature films. So the, we went after the docu-series format. So we're looking at uh, five episodes of an hour long uh, episode per episode. And so we're seeing, looking at about five hours material. We've, we are currently fundraising we, uh, for our, our initial budget for development and the pilot's basically 300,000. And we're probably, we're going to be going after one, one to like one and a half million bucks to pull off a whole series. Love it. And do you guys have a, a link or anything that my audience can know about? To sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We, uh, we are on the uh, fundraiser.com site. It's fundraiser, F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R.com mm -hmm. slash follow the science. And we're actually quite humbled and, and excited because we've already through podcast audiences alone, starting off with Tom Woods and, and a series of podcasts and culminating with yours today, we've already raised $80,000 across 600 donors oh, tremendous. Um, stri strictly from podcast audiences. So we, we see that there's a need and we see that we're on the pulse of this need. Um, so it's fundraiser, 
so it's fundraiser.com forward slash follow the science. And then one thing I sh we should mention and the reason that we're not in the video at the current million um, is that we, as part of setting this up in our discourse of what we want to do is that <clears throat> we're, we're all professional filmmakers. We've all been making fil uh, films for many, many decades. And we were already accustomed to what's now come to be called cancel culture in the in, in the in, in the in the new media social media world but working in hollywood for many decades we were used to the group think that you had to comply with in order to work uh you you would sort of get there and initially kind of open your mouth and say you know just even being a serial contrarian or someone who liked to debate or or just having your own independent thoughts and you thought oh we're just going to be talking about this stuff like you didn't back in college say back when college was where you did that sort of thing and one would notice that you would get brought back into line by the the, the overall pervasive of Hollywood culture and as such and then and then you would and it really is about who you know it's about your human network and you could really notice that if you stepped out of line that the, the call the phone calls would be less You're, you would work less it was it was very much you were only goes your last job so you so, so sort of navigating that group think was part of it so we all have various clients of various ilks within Hollywood within corporate the corporate world and there, we decided to form what we call the Sound Mind Creative Group. That is our, our creative um, uh, production company that we are all operating anonymously behind currently to, uh, as, as, as we develop this project. We felt that, uh, you know, why make it easy on the, on, on the, online, the online hacks who are going after people and, and trying to quote unquote cancel them? Why allow that to be easy as well as we wanted to sort of put a premium back on privacy so that we can invite other, there's many creatives who wish to express themselves, question this, um, all sorts of crew, all sorts of above the liners, below the liners, which is a Hollywood term. Um, and we wanted to demonstrate that that if they wanted to work with us, they could. And we have uh, and we've been inviting people to join us. So that's that's why we have what we call the Sound Mind Creative Group, and why we're actually operating by pseudonyms today, Alan and John. So um, is that is your intent to proceed with the Sound Mind Creative Group beyond this project and continue to make more liberty minded productions? Yeah, we really see this as the first project. This this. Uh, um, follow the science on lockdowns of liberty is our first production, but we see this as developing a community and a culture and a, a a production company that can take on controversial things and 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 uh, develop more projects in the future. Because we feel that we see this as a beginning. I mean, we're in the middle of the fight. This is our way of fighting back, and we know that fight's going to continue. Sure. No, I love it. I mean, this is exactly what we need. Just a, a little side note, but I would be curious to get some understanding as to why groupthink in Hollywood in particular is so, so severe. Why, why is it that there was no meaningful pushback? In fact, there was tremendous advocacy from Hollywood elite types uh, for the lockdowns and for vaccine mandates and all sorts of things that, you know, it's just, it's just very, it's, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, it's it's predictable, but disappointing. And I'm curious, because you guys have been in the industry for a while, if you have any underlying ideas as to why. are they? Is it just simply that they are in bed with government in some fashion, or is it just ideological? You want to tackle that one, John? I, I, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, yeah. if, if you have something coherent to add on. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean, I think historically... I mean, I think it's a many faceted reason. I mean, generally speaking, it's a culture of fear. Um, they, they just, I think it has a lot to do with, there's the, 
I mean, any good idea that you make money with starts with some subjective idea somewhere. Some creative has to think of it and has the Eureka idea for a story. And then mm-hmm. that goes on to become one of these major franchises that we all know and love today as these major institutions, like a like a Star Wars or a Star Trek or something like that. Um, and um, and but once something makes money, I mean, the 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 studio system is very, very, very conservative. It, it, they don't want to do anything new. I mean, you think about the way music worked, the music industry before it collapsed under the under the new the new media, where they had a formula. They knew that a certain formula worked. They put all the money into that formula. Every song was basically whatever the genre had a certain formula. That was the only thing that would get airtime. They had total control over it. They knew they could make money with it, and so they really want to make sure the creatives fall in line and always kind of generated this sort of sense of like unless you did. You know, where you're the creative coming up with the ideas and yet they always corralled you into the sense of fear of, well, how am I going to get paid and how am I going to be appreciated for my work and how am I going to get through the system? So there was this sort of underlying understanding that you had to comply with what was going on mm-hmm. in order for them to make money per the equations they had. I think just sort of fundamentally, that's where it kind of came from. Um, but in terms of where it's gone today and grown over time, I think that the sheer power of... I mean, cinema is such a powerful medium. We tend to forget it. We consume it. We've all been consuming it our whole lives. It's 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 more powerful than heroin in a lot of ways. It's a faux reality in which you create a false visual stimuli with auditory stimuli, and you you give people the ability to live this sort of false reality as if they're there. And I, I make an argument that, you know, we may intellectually and rationally know it's not real, but our emotional self actually doesn't know it's false. When you sure. experience an emotion, it gets lodged into your psyche as if it's something you actually experienced. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think, you know, like Star Wars, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, there are people who that is their religion now that right. repetition over and over and over again. And it's, it seems silly. And yet to them, I mean, they've lived it. It's their lived experience is seeing that over and over and over again. And there's so much power there. And there was a lot of crossover between, you know, where it used to be sort of Hollywood had all the money, but no real power. And DC had all the power, but no real money. And they've really learned how to work together these last Two decades there has been a lot of crossover it's like look you insert your messages into your you know like we'll we'll clear the way for you and and insert those messages and you can see it i mean i i, I barely watch television film anymore because it's just it's so pervasive it's non-stop propagandizing everywhere you look it's all paid for it's all inserted and they know that they know the value of it and i feel those of us who are sort of independently minded are playing catch-up i mean that's why we want to create a project that's you know a million and a half you know, a million to a million and a half is actually just jump change for your standard project. But we feel that's the minimal amount we need to pull off something that is worthy to get on a Netflix, get on Amazon, get on an HBO, um, have that quality level where we have a chance of getting to that to that level. If the uh, tech censors won't let us on there, then we'll fight tooth and nail with every PR and and marketer uh, impact marketer that we can find to 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 hammer out our own independent path in terms of distribution but it's right. it's 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 a it's a it's an uphill battle for certainly well yeah i i love i love that you mentioned netflix because as you were talking it reminded me of the the month of tiger king when we were mm. all locked in our fucking houses and right. everyone was watching this silly documentary and it was like that was the cultural zeitgeist like i was just imagining to myself had yeah. there been some high quality production that was 
I mean, it was too early on to lay out all the science as to why the, these lockdowns were unnecessary, but mm -hmm. there could have been a documentary that was worked on instantaneously that was supposed to remind people of the principles of which we allegedly believed in that, mm -hmm. you know, we, we value free, uh, freedom over, over safety. Um, mm -hmm. That would have been lovely. And I, I can only imagine what kind of impact uh, media in that period would have had, especially with us being locked in our houses and having no choices but to watch stuff. Uh, that would have been amazing. John, any other uh, ideas that came to mind while you were listening to Alan? Yeah, you know, I was trying to think. I mean, obviously, the the majority of Hollywood is it leans leans left, and and I was trying to think when you asked the question, what what is it that animates that that perspective? And and I certainly, I mean, I've my origins are in theater and probably 95% of the people that I, I uh, uh, spent time with during that period were, were left of center. And there were a lot of really good and good hearted people, people that I still consider friends and, and love very much. And I think what animates the, the, the naive liberal vision, let, let's say the, the virtuous liberal vision is one of concern for other people. And I sure. think creatives very often have that at the heart of their work. And very often it's difficult to see the unintended consequences of, of government action. So, um, you know, people come, people who don't think deeply about economic matters or even human rights matters, see government action as something leading toward good. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think, I think that's the generous interpretation sure. of, of why that, that trend is there in Hollywood. And then I think it's, it gets reinforced by things like critical race theory, which make people feel guilty for, uh, you know, pushing back against being called a racist Yep. Um, you know, I think that has had a major sway in the last decade in Hollywood and to the point where people become kind of numb and brainwashed um, and, and basically have to toe the party line or they feel like they're supporting Donald Trump. Right. So. Well, and, and then, yeah, I mean, cancel culture uh, more broadly is a is a big mitigating factor when it comes to people speaking out and, and having open conversations to come to some sort of conclusion as to what we should be doing in a, in a you know, crisis type scenario. It was it, that I think that to me was the most frustrating part is that I, none of us were certain how dangerous the virus was early on, but instead of allowing for conversation, they via tech, via Hollywood, via po politicians, via law, they basically made it so that any sort of dissenting viewpoints were disallowed. And, mm -hmm. and if you do that, obviously you're going to end up with a monolithic group think mm -hmm. path that mm -hmm. is not ideal when you're dealing with a crisis where lives are on the line. And, and I think that that was by far my most, my, my greatest, you know, frustration in all of this is that, you know, whatever your belief is, if you, if you say, say the people on the left are all great people and they are all wanting to you know, just diminish the amount of death. Well, then let us talk about the best way to do that. Right, you know, that's, that's all I wanted from this is, should we be masking or should we be taking vitamins and exercising? You know, like, <laughs> like there, that wasn't even allowed to be discussed. It was just bizarre to me. And, yeah. and that's, I guess that's, that's what I hope that a product uh, or a project like yours can remedy is that we can get people to start to think 
a little bit more deeply about this, you know, assuming that everybody involved is a good actor and wants the best outcome. How can we actually work together to do that? Like, I, I'm just so sick of the, the alienation. Do you guys see, I mean, obviously there's been tremendous pushback uh, over the past, I guess, 30 days or so, uh, starting with Rand Paul kind of dressing down Fauci. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys think that there's any chance that, that the, the left Hollywood has a come to Jesus moment where they realize, okay, perhaps our response and our unwillingness to allow differences of opinion and discussion in this moment was actually a mistake. What do you guys think? It's a good question. I mean, we, we've, we've had a lot of discussions about, <clears throat> you know, I mean, our target audience was, is, is really going to be this, <clears throat> uh, I think John just eloquently put it as the virtuous left. We, we, it's the left of center moderate that we feel is the one that we really are after. We feel that the, the, the moderates on the on, uh, center, center, right. And on, on over are going to inherently already have their own questions. And we've talked a lot about how we have to lead people with, we have to, there's a, there's a, there's a narrative out there that we're all very aware of now. And we need to have a counter narrative that leads people out in a way that they can save face. I mean, everything you just described was this returning to like shaming and shunning for anyone who thinks differently, because there's a story that gives them an absolute understanding of what they're, what they believe. And yet I believe they're inherently um, insecure at it because they've simply been told what to think. They haven't arrived at that through critical thinking and through deep self-analysis and and, and mitigation of risk. They've just been told it. And then there's, and then this anger that they're projecting everywhere is, is, is difficult. Now you asked specifically about Hollywood. It's, It's a different question in that I think a, if we can make it worth their while and profitable to tell a different story, that's always a classic way of moving out. I, I do think that the reveal of how dirty, quite potentially, I mean, I, we're, we're, we, we, we're, our intent is to go in neutrally and, and, and do a deep dive and see what we learn. But I feel that there's a shadow of very dirty laundry we're going to discover at the, at the bottom of all this. And I think if it's the kind of thing that we can, we can find, I mean, with just even the most recent, I mean, I've been, I've been sort of colloquially calling it, I mean, there's, there's certainly the COVID CYA conspirators. I mean, there was definitely clearly a lot of cover your own ass efforts early on where it should have been anything, but it should have been like any possibility of where this thing came from for the good of humanity should have been looked at researched. The, 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 the collective ingenuity of, of, of the world could have brought to bear incredible insights. We could have brought all, all those who were not vulnerable could have done everything they could to protect the vulnerable. But instead we got this, old world return to authoritarianism that created this emotionally uh, shaming and shunning culture based on shaming and shunning. Right. And, and it's profitable. Everyone's terrified. They're tuning in because they want to know what's the the latest thing to, to, to fear. So how to alleviate those fears, how to make it not, be the big money maker because people are addicted to it. I think they're addicted to these fears because it reinforces it. And we need to tell a story that leads people out of that. Uh, both rationally and emotionally. We, we, we feel that there's an empathetic journey, a series of thresholds that we need to ask our, uh, our viewers in the world to follow us on to, to find a space where, because asking people to ask, admit that they're wrong is a very big ask. But if yes, you can is. have people say, well, at the time I f- thought this, this, and this, this is what I was led to believe. Now that I know this, 
perhaps I have, will shift my, the way I think and the way I talk about it. And we'd like to do that authentically. We feel it's been manipulated up to this point, but we feel if we find that authentic story and that authentic language, people will respond to it at a subliminal, subjective, emotional level and allow their rational brains to step back up into the driver's seat and, and perhaps critically think about what's been happening and notice that they've given up their rights. I think that's such an important point because there is going to be this knee-jerk reaction from people like me and people on the right that did not support the lockdowns to want to embarrass and shame and destroy the people that took our liberty away. And I absolutely embody that sentiment. So uh, I need to, along with my audience, work on a little bit of kindness and forgiveness if we actually want to have some chance of coming back together, um, Mm -hmm. you know, post this insanity. And and I think that you're absolutely right, that you're going to have to give people a, a window in which they can, you know, leap so that they can feel as if there's, there's hope on the other side and that they're not going to become the social pariahs, which they attempted to make us. Um, and that's going to take a level of kindness and forgiveness that, that will not come easy in this political environment, but it's going to be necessary, I think. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at The Daily Job Hunt. If you are listening to this show, you already know What's coming down the road, yo? No, seriously. Um, it's it's pretty dim. Uh, let's just be honest. There are, are major everything bubbles that are being blown up all across the economy and across the globe for that matter. And it's going to create turmoil in our lifetimes. That I am assured of. So if you are in a dead-end job or just not receiving the type of compensation that you feel like you deserve and I feel like you deserve... Please take this moment to go to crash.co backslash daily and sign up for the daily job hunt. It's a daily newsletter that hits your inbox every morning, gives you a little bit of information, inspiration, kicking your ass, get you going, get that job you deserve. Again, crash.co backslash daily to sign up. Let's get back into the show. And it's also the case, I, I think that the the core values that that we see kind of underpinning this project are values that ultimately those on the left should embrace, mm-hmm. you know, what we're asking for is, is a real return to scientific objectivity, right? We're, we're asking for a concern about the less fortunate who were destroyed by it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Walmart and Amazon that suffered uh, in these lockdowns. It was the small restaurant owners and, and, you know, business owners across the country. It was the poor who suffered the most not not uh, the you know the middle class and, and upper class who could work from home very often uh, very much of the time. So you know I, I think depending on how we frame it, um, hopefully some people will start to see, yeah, you know uh, this this really does um, align with the things that I consider most important in life. Now, I mean, I, I believe the the liberty oriented project, ultimately addresses those concerns in a far better manner or the concerns of the left than the strategies that the left has embraced. So, you know, I believe that on a global, more global scale than just this project. But yeah, I think that that's really important point as well. I mean, we're going to, we're going to put to the, to the test, their actual values, you know, do you, is your value or is your, are your principles aligned with looking out for the little guy as you claim or is it just about fitting in and getting along with the power brokers of this world? 
Right. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's an important, an important question to put to them because um, that's been my major critique of this all the way along is if it saves just one life, well, you don't actually mean that because if you're looking <laughs> at the figures, there are tons of people that are killing themselves because of the decisions you're making. So you are trading lives in the most gracious analysis. You could say at best you were trading lives with these decisions. You were not saving lives. So um, who gets to make that decision and why is it you? You know, like I, I would just love to have been able to reach these people during the most fevered pitch of this debate. And unfortunately, I was only able to find, you know, relatively like-minded people to see this. So this is why I love a, a project idea like yours, where we might actually have a chance of getting our alleged political opponents or whatever you want to call them to really think critically about what they're doing and what path we're on if we continue in this fashion. Uh, And a point that you guys made earlier that I found interesting is that you might find uh, a bunch of dirty laundry or or however you phrased it at the end of this investigation. Um, it It does beg the question of, was there no open debate on the origin of the virus because Fauci knew? I mean, that's a really genuine, important, vitally important question that has to be answered because based off of his emails, it seems plausible to put it mildly. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys have any thesis as to, have you actually done the work to come to some sort of conclusion or are you still working through that as well? We're still working through it. Um, John, do you have something to say there? No, you go ahead, Alan. Okay. I mean, we're working through it. It's, it's, I'll, I'll say this. We all had our suspicions and we were, and when we started this, we've been doing this for a couple months now. And we're like, you know, <clears throat> I mean, a few months ago we, we were like, Oh gosh, this, are we really going to get into this? This is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough uphill slog. And yet as things unfold, we're like, well, we we're, we're certain there's a story there. And even, and, and, and having these emails get re, get released right in the middle of this, like, all right, well, we were on the pulse. I mean, there's something about, there's something about the creative experience. I'll just kind of do a little seg- uh, side note here. Uh, having worked in, 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 in Hollywood for a long time and, and as a creative, there are times in which you sit there and you think, okay, I got to think of the next great idea. And you spend weeks kind of come up with it. You get it all, you get it all put together. You think this is going to be great. This hasn't been done before. This is the reinvention that we've been looking for. It's all about trying to find that thing. You finally get the meeting, you pitch it, you get it out there. And you find out there's three or four other groups pitching the exact same idea almost perfectly. I mean, it's just incredible. It's always a very, very, it's kind of a mind fuck just to <laughs> drop an F-bomb on that one because you're like, what? How is that possible? But you realize that there is some sort of, on the creative side, there is some sort of collective consciousness of the, in the creative that you get tapped into. I'm just going to throw that out there as a theory that I hold with. And and you just have a sense. You're on the pulse. I mean, you hear it all in all this stuff. You're on the pulse. You're on the. You're on. You're you're in the, you know, in in the the zeitgeist. In the, the zeitgeist in the sweet spot. And I will say that I feel that we, you know, we started this and we are on the pulse. There is something there. We are we that we don't know what it is yet fully. But all the we're like, well, if if this is going to be true, if if there's if there's something that is inauthentic and nefarious, uh, you know, as bad as nefarious, or at least um, um, completely misplaced effort and intent. We're smelling it out. 
and we're going to get to it. And we want to, we, we, we may not be able to define it because I think a lot of people, they know there's some great wrong somewhere in the middle of this. It's probably, you know, many wrongs coming together and creating a whirlwind of, of, of a shadow and evil. Um, and, and we're, we're, we're knowing it. And, uh, but I, that's why I kind of keep, keep returning to, in my mind to the CYA people who were like, Oh, I'm too close to this and I'll do anything I can to cover it up. And that is not, does not serve the greater good. No. And, and I find, and I find that the language traps are there. I mean, the, the, I like out of an abundance of caution, we're going to give up all our silver, civil rights, right? <laughs> you know, like that out of, out of it, it's just when Fauci says it's, oh, oh this is not a civil, uh, civil liberties issue. This is a, a public health issue. Right. But he says that in one fell swoop as if to completely dismiss any discussion of the idea of civil liberties. I mean, it, it, it's this, it, everything said so perfectly. It's all these linguistical traps where you can't come back at them without them somehow casting you as a, a conspiracy theorist or, you know, skepticism is now getting, you know, if you're a skeptic, uh, COVID skeptic, I mean, that's starting to be the, 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 uh, 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 a brand that they're, they're, they're throwing to people. And yeah, it's I mean, like science, a nine 11, nine 11 truther, you know, it's yeah, so truther denier, all these things, anti-vaxxer. I mean, all these words that they use that they, that they'll, they'll set it up. They're using every linguistical trap to stop what I would call the curious human. The, I mean, the scientific method is a series is a way of asking questions to remove, um, a human error from the process <laughs> and modern, modern science is uh, you're not allowed to ask questions yes and that's and that's i guess what i'm driving towards is like i feel that the full corruption of the science that you know the supposed institution of science is 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 what we're going to be getting ourselves into i, th I think where like follow the science really implies follow the money and i think the money is going to be an interesting story i i think science has been like the what, what the the great and noble institution of science that people hold in their mind is it has been dead for decades and we're, we're finding that out yep and we're all paying the price and I, I i mean i just remember you know fauci willing to to come out and proclaim that anyone doing anti-lockdown uh protests were essentially ne'er-do-wells whereas yeah. he was unwilling to critique anyone doing black lives matter protests yeah. during that period <laughs> yeah. and, and the I sin thought, of omission yeah yeah and i and i just thought that that was that was about as transparent as it got that, you know, he was he was all at once declaring himself a non-political entity and then behaving in an incredibly political way. Um, and the incredible irony of all this is that they keep coming out with these declarations that every every action they're taking is to prevent and get rid of conspiracy ism, you know, and, yeah. and they did that by having their their allies in big tech essentially get rid of anybody with a dis dissident viewpoint. And what did that create in the vacuum? It created even more bizarre and deeply ingrained conspiracy theories. Um, I would argue that Fauci was probably the biggest conspiracy theorist in all this because he was just, he was just leading us down a path that did not follow the actual science. And as mm -hmm. the, the, the head, I mean, literally the figurehead of the the church of science in this past year he behaved in a way that was extremely ascientific and then they pretended as if anybody asking genuine questions who was actually looking at the science was the conspiracy theorist it was gaslighting to an extreme and man it was frustrating i'm sorry i'm just kind of crying on your shoulder no, here but <laughs> no no well this is this is where we're all at i mean the hubris is strong 
It's, it is in the air and we're all seeing it. And, you know, we are, you know, we, we, you know, we're a lot of strong independent thinkers here, but I, I mean, I'm heartened in the fact that you, it's, John said this at the beginning, we're looking to awaken the inner dissident. We think every, and inside of every individual is a dissident who can awaken. And, and a big part of that, I'm a huge advocate of self-expression and what expression to me fundamentally means. I mean, I, my, 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 my very short version of uh, the, First Amendment is to think it, say it, say it to a lot of people. But when you have that moment, you when you have that idea, when that ether blesses you with an, uh, a unique concept or idea, and you're like, oh, huh, you observe something, you notice something, you have your critical mind, your analytical mind gives you something to work with. The ability to then express that, to literally take a breath, say it out loud, and perhaps change the world is one of the most profound aspects of the human uh, experience that we have to offer. And, and everything we've, and every, I think, normal human sort of live and let live human, live and let live, <laughs> live and let live human. Thank you. Uh, who, who takes a moment and thinks about it is like, wow, there's, this is the hubris is so strong. The gaslighting is so strong. The cognitive dissonance is so strong. There is something wrong. And I see dissidents awakening all over the world, well beyond what we would consider the freedom movement of, of, of the United States. I mean, I think, I think there is a real true awakening i mean i think that's why they use the term woke you know many years ago to kind of get ahead of that like oh being woke we want we want to like try and get ahead of that language with that linguistical track right people are awakening and we're and, and and then people then organize around when you have that expression when you have that idea usually that idea causes humans to spontaneously organize around that and that's that's what the 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 hard left you know they 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 they, they seem to like think oh we're the idealized version of that and i think the natural propensity of humans to organize around a good idea and take back what's theirs for their own well-being and sense of freedom and, and, and sense of family is, is, is what we're looking at. I think we're, we're looking at a renaissance in the, in the individual. God willing, man, that is <laughs> the, the trend line. <laughs> My two cents on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the trend line doesn't point in that direction, but there is usually historically a pendulum swing and yeah. we have swung very hard towards authoritarianism. I yeah. fear we haven't swung far enough for enough people to have woken up to demand a swing back, but I will maintain optimism in the face of significant real world doubt uh, simply because I think at the end of the day, even, even if the, even in their subconscious, perhaps that people yes. still long for Liberty, they still long for it, whether they know it or not. And I'm going to stick to that thesis until I'm proven, proven wrong. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, 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 and which brings us back to story. We want to make sure that a story like ours is made as a as an entry into the historical record to to, to lodge that thought in, to to let people know they're not alone. Everything's mm -hmm. designed to make us put us back on our heels and feel isolated. They want to isolate the individual so they suppress that expression of doubt. And I think the more we share stories and share our stories and and gather the stories, which I'll, leads me to we we actually are inviting people to share their story in terms of what they experienced under the lockdowns. We want to look at the. We're, we're, we have a website, soundmindcreative.com. There's a portal there to- um, Creative group. Sorry, creative, creative group. Thank you. Um, soundmindcreativegroup.com. And, uh, and we really feel that there are, you know, everyone's had a story and we, we, we want to see what really happened. And we invite people to share that with us because we think there's going to be uh, very good, discreet, personal stories that exemplify the harm the lockdowns did to, to all of us. Yep. I think, and then, I and think the, that's necessary. 
Yeah, and give people people that ability to identify with each other. Yeah, I think that's really important because if they they attempted to claim the moral high ground by by the if it saves just one life moniker, but ultimately I, I think if you can portray, you know, with real compelling visual evidence that there was true devastation left in the wake of their decisions, it'll force anybody who's a genuine bleeding heart to go, oh my God, what have we done? Or at least mm -hmm. let's hope, let's hope that they have that capacity for reflection. And um, I, I want to pivot to a couple questions about the, the future of lockdowns on this planet. Uh, I think that it's really, there's like, once, once you have a precedent, like an entire global shutdown, which is what we did, it sure. obviously makes the next go around much more easy to do. And it shouldn't be that way, but it is. I mean, that's just how people work. They uh, very, very similar to, you know, the, the Patriot Act and after 9-11 mm -hmm. and, yep. you know, mm -hmm. if you're, you know, my age, you remember a time where people just walk, you could have your relatives meet you when you came off a plane, like, <laughs> oh my <Sure>. God. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So uh, my, my concern is that they are already pivoting to global warming being why we can't have cryptocurrencies, you know, like that they, they are using global warming in ways that I did not expect. Um, and it seems to me quite self-evident that they are going to attempt to use it for lockdowns in the future. Is that your hope with this production that, that we can, cause I, I my, the purpose of my show has been to kill the idea of lockdowns yeah. ever again. Is that also your mission here? Absolutely. I, I mean, it, it's an important aspect of, of, what we're doing to address that because even though you know we're starting we're starting the conversation by saying the science of this specific situation doesn't justify the lockdowns but that's the entry point the end of the conversation to my mind and and I it will evolve as we create this but the important implication is lockdowns those kinds of mandates are never justified let's say the data showed that the pandemic was as intense, as concerning as Neil Ferguson thought it was back a year and a half ago. Even then, we're not going to solve the issue by locking people up. Maybe social distancing is a good idea. Maybe. Science would have to show us that. But preventing people from making their own choices based on their assessment of the risks and their values in life uh, doesn't solve the crisis and it can't. It's, it's the Hayekian knowledge problem applied to health. You know, a free market works because thousands of people on the ground are making choices and we figure out what works and, and all ships rise as a result of that knowledge. And the same thing is true with health. No matter how extreme the issue, people making their own choices and, and suffering consequences uh, or, or having good consequences one way or the other teaches us what is true about COVID. And um, it, it's not going to happen by people making assumptions and imposing them from the top down. So the, the, ultimate, um, the ultimate point of the project is not only about that aspect, but about centralization in general. You know, we, we ultimately want to make the point that centralization is a core evil in, in human society and ultimately undermines civilization. I love that. Alan? 
Well, I was, I was mesmerized by the answer. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just curious if that's also your, your end vision for the product or the project. Yes. And coming back to what the, the fundamental aspect of the confidence of the individual to express themselves freely and, and, and the value of that to humanity at all levels yep. that, that, and that, and therefore it is about, I mean, I, the artists lead the way with culture and, and all, and, that, and that, that's, that's where it begins. And it goes all the way up through all every human heart, I believe and every human spirit and every human sense of freedom. So that ability to express, take a breath, what's on your mind, say it out loud. That's how you change the world. That's how you change your environment. That's how we're going to push back against these lockdowns. I love it. Yeah. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, I don't even know if you guys are libertarian, but you sure sound like you are. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest thing that libertarians fail at is that they they fail to convey their ideas in as beautiful a medium as the idea itself. Yep. And and that's why <laughs> beautifully I, said you are a libertarian, you know the problems. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um and this yeah, is I think why it. the intro to my show is me rapping, because mm -hmm. I think that there is a there's a medium that can can speak to someone's soul before their mind hears it. And, and that's, that's what we lack. We lack the ability to, to convey the, the deep beauty and truth of our belief system in a way that actually reaches people in their soul. And I think that as you've already elucidated, there, there is tremendous value in the vi video medium paired with audio and everything else that, mm -hmm. that can suck you in and, and allow you to, to feel what you're trying to convey. Um, whereas sometimes words can be not enough. Um, and certainly Absolutely. text yeah. can be not enough. You know, you need to, you need to have the, the full human experience. And, and I think a, a project like yours uh, has a real opportunity. So I, I, I will absolutely be contributing. I hope my audience will as well. If you guys could please give me the, the link one more time so people could contribute. Sure. Well, beautifully said just now. Thank you for that. And then um, yes, thank you to you and your listeners. We're at um, fundraiser.com forward slash follow the science. That's F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R.com forward slash follow the science. And, you know, we've had, we've had donors, we have, we've had over 600, 600 donors so far, give or take. Um, some is giving as little as $5. That helps, as you know, the grassroots small amount dollars really go a long way. We've also had uh, several $5,000 donors and uh, awesome. Tom Woods himself gave $10,000 to us. So he's, oh, he's, wow. he's, he's no he's, pressure. No pressure, yeah, right. <laughs> but, well, uh, but, but we're, we're very, we're very proud and we're very humbled by what we've raised so far from just talking to people who are concerned the way we are. And we are already at $80,000 and that has given us enough cred to really talk to a lot of people and, uh, build, build the opportunities to raise more money. I mean, yeah, as, right. as, as, as every libertarian knows, it's a lot easier to make money with money. So thank you to your audience in that regard. Yeah, something, yeah. Something else we should mention is that uh, at at certain uh, levels of giving, um, we're inviting people into uh, two different communities. One at the hundred and fifty dollar level is basically just kind of keeping people aware of the inside story of what's going on with the project, and at the five hundred dollar level. Uh, we're asking people to actually be advisors on the project. We'll be running, you know, footage by them and ideas and getting feedback. And um, so we we really see this uh, as as not just asking for people's financial support, but crowdsourcing knowledge, information, and and advisor advisory uh, help. Well, I don't I don't know if I have the Tom Woods bucks, but um, mm -hmm. I will certainly contribute. And I I would also offer myself up as. 
I am, you know, a quite, I'm building six houses, so I'm very cash poor right now, but I will have uh, enough liquidity to hopefully retire by the end of this year. So if you guys need someone as a, as a spokesperson to, um, get the message out on, on larger platforms, I would be happy to do so. I think it's, it's tremendously important that we reach people during this period where people are, are reflecting on what they've just experienced, what Mm -hmm. many of them advocated for and, and conveying our message while we still have a chance. Cause like, if you don't reach these people, if you don't actually tell them what the why of why did, why did half of this country flip out? You know, because I still don't think many of them get it. And many of them think, oh, this is connected to Trump. This is connected to partisan politics. It's not right. People were mm-hmm. disturbed in their in their very being um, from what they witnessed and what they experienced over this past year. And and before the government attempts to do this again, it is vitally important that we reach these people yeah. and we get a populist movement that does not advocate for this moving forward. In that regard, we should mention that our our goal is to release uh, basically a pilot, a short pilot of this in the fall. Um, and the, the thinking behind that was that we wanted to get something out uh, before there might be a resurgence of cases and and a return Perfect. to these policies. So uh, we, we realized that doing the full project in a really quality way is going to take a good year to really mm-hmm. get the deep analysis and get, you know, have the, the level of production be as high as it can. Um, but we wanted something out there sooner than later. So that's, uh, and that will also kind of serve as a proof of concept, help us raise more funds and, and start to market the, the larger project. Yeah. Get the, get the snowball rolling. Any, uh, final comments, Alan? Um, well, kind of building what you were just saying, I mean, we are looking at the return of, of, I mean, film has always been a, uh, like I was saying, it's an analog to the oral storytelling creature that's inside of us. I mean, the written word is relatively new, a couple of millennia, you know, available to everybody for a few centuries, but we've had, we have tens of thousands of years of experience of oral storytelling. And what, to me, that fundamentally means that we, it's the inner poet, that ability to memorize stuff. You spoke of being a rapper. That's the modern incantation of, of, of the poet. And it's the, it's that poetry, that epic poem that you tell that is, that makes the Kings that, that, that lead you righteously. It makes the world that you live freely in and, and, and live in a benevolent culture. So, so I feel like we're returning. It's like, basically, I mean, authoritarianism was, was the, the normal state of humanity for most, most of our history. We've only had a few hundred years of this freedom, so-called freedom. So we're not just pushing back against partisan politics in the United States. We are pushing back against a wave of, of, of authoritarianism that wants to get back into control. And I believe it is our ability to express ourselves as poets that will push back against that wave. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. We are, we are fighting a, another dark ages and we need a, a re-enlightenment and we are on the front lines of it. So I am glad to have soldiers like you <laughs> alongside me on the yeah, front lines. Likewise, yeah. Thank, thanks for mirroring us, and, and we're happy to mirror you back to you. Absolutely. Um, go ahead and uh, email me the uh, the links for sure. um, for any of the donation pages or any any other information you'd like. I'll include that in the description for this episode. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It was a blast. Thanks, Great. Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all.
Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin'. A typo with Luke might bring them nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with a fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July. Screaming in the mic, I ripped the 59. Miles to ratio that black guns matter. Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders. None of us wanted war, but we're ready. You know I be bopping and rock steady. Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe.